When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we watched Mausoleum, which was made in 1983, but absolutely looks like it was made sometime in the mid 70s. It was picked by Scott. Scott, why did you pick Mausoleum? So you know how I like to give long-winded explanations for everything, right? Of so course, s- I have to edit them down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in for more editing. <laughs> so, um, uh, how did how to start this? I knew that Vinegar Syndrome was going to be doing the Tammy and the T-Rex gore version, uh, the gore cut release, because you told me about it last year. And I thought that there was a, there was some day before Black Friday when they had like a VIP special or something where you could, you could get it earlier than than when I got my copy. And so I, I missed it by a day, but I was like, fuck. And so I was on Vinegar Syndrome looking through their amazing list of stuff and getting ideas for the show. So 2020 is going to be the year of Vinegar Syndrome on Horror Movie Night. Sorry, and <laughs> you're welcome. But uh, Mausoleum was on there and I'm like, oh, I've been meaning to watch that for such a long time. And I saw that it was actually on Prime. And I thought, well, it's on Prime, so we're, we can watch it for free. Why not? So I watched it back in, I don't know, something like October or November for the first time. And I, I got about 20 minutes in and I knew that this was perfect for us. And then I message you guys and I say something along the lines of, guys, we have to watch this movie because there are hungry demon titties. <laughs> and... So the the best part, also the the most shameful part of me rewatching this for this episode was because I didn't take notes the first time. 
So the shameful part was Prime asking me if I wanted to watch Mausoleum again. <laughs> it's like, we know what you do. <laughs> so two additions to that story. One, fun fact, uh, this past year, I had to go on through every one of our episodes and I added a buy at link uh, so that if you want to buy a copy of the movie that we're talking about, you have a link to do so. Um, I do that at work and Vinegar Syndrome is currently blocked at my work for pornographic materials. It's the only company yeah. that we review movies for where that's a situation. But it's just because they have that like softcore erotica from the 70s, I think it or maybe some some from the 60s, too. But they got it's like some puppet porn in there, too. They got oh. Let My Puppets Come, uh, which is the only <laughs> porn that I own, actually. <laughs> that's not true it is own. that's not the own. only one i still that's don't buy other... it uh, yeah that's the only one that i own he doesn't own those those casting couch videos those are just rented i swore <laughs> you had a pair i swore you had the batman parody no i borrowed it from ed out of curiosity and that was jaws this isn't jaws triple x because i need it to know how they turn jaws into a sexy porto <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing was that I was I watched this yesterday and I was supposed to hang out with a friend and they asked me when are you able to hang out and I was like I got to finish watching this movie for the podcast they asked what movie and they said I'm reading some reviews for Mausoleum here's my favorite quote so far I thought that Bobby Breezy Evil Spawn did a great performance all you see is her full nudity <laughs> I definitely like that <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man do we want to jump into some bios for the two main characters here yeah go for oh, it oh man I, I actually copied and pasted these from IMDB because they are no I, oh, I can't remember if I got these on by um, IMDB or uh, Wikipedia but oh man let's start with Bobby Brezzi which is, is such a stupid name Buxom and beautiful blonde actress Bobby Brezzi had a sadly short-lived reign as a scream queen in a handful of enjoyably trashy 80s low-budget horror pictures. Bobby was born in 1947, also the year that my mom was born, so that kind of makes this odd and awkward, um, in San Diego, California. She was a music teacher and one-time Playboy bunny prior to embarking on an acting career. Brezzi gave a solid and impressive performance as a sweet and lovely young lady who became possessed by an evil sexually voracious demon in the fun fright feature mausoleum and in the parentheses Bobby was nominated for a Saturn award as best actress for her fine acting in this film. I was hoping you're going to say in parentheses it says citation needed. <laughs> there are no citations on IMDb bios. Brezzi was quite funny as Smeg's mom in the crudely amusing Surf Nazis Must Die and had a memorably sexy bit as a luscious but lethal temptress in the crummy Ghoulies. Bobby tackled a semi-autobiographical starring role as a faded aging B-movie starlet who transforms into a murderous humanoid insect monster after taking an experimental youthful serum in the delightfully dreadful Evil Spawn. She also popped up in guest spots on the TV shows Charlie's Angels, BJ and the Bear, The Love Boat, Simon and Simon, and The Fall Guy. She had a recurring part on the popular daytime soap opera Santa Barbara. In real life, Bobby Brezzi is an extremely charming and well-educated woman who plays the piano <laughs> i i really appreciate that every one of these movies has like these big long describers in front of them like just like in the buffo <laughs> yeah. but then it gets the ghoulies and it's just like in the crummy ghoulies yeah <laughs> like, that person out there ooh. is so 
fucking funny writing that shit and i'm <laughs> laughing at how dumb they are but it gets oh better my God, it's great. i got a two paragraph one for uh the the husband oh jesus his name is marjo gortner and it's it's fucking wild this is why you have to read have to let me read the whole thing and i'm so sorry right. <laughs> in his early career as a four-year-old world's youngest ordained minister Hugh Marjo Ross Gortner became a miracle child extraordinaire. Preaching gospel from memory and performing faith healings, he drew capacity crowds as he barnstormed throughout the Bible Belt. Marjo, the name a combination of Mary and Joseph, eventually became disillusioned with what he considered a huge deception and withdrew from the scene entirely during his teen years. But his God-given talents for drawing an audience and public speaking were to be put to good use later on. So I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. He did an, a, a documentary called Marjo in 1972 based on his life as a fake evangelist. And then he did uh, a bunch of bullshit like um, the extremely positive reviews helped him cat- catapult him into films. Unfortunately, most of them uh, promising as they must have been earthquake, the Food of the Gods, Viva Knievel, and When You're Coming When You Coming Back, Red Rider, were on to become went on to become dismal failures, and his quest for stardom never materialized. Hmm, I fucking wonder why. He stumbled through more f- films in the 80s, but even he, with his charismatic powers, couldn't save himself from coming off badly in such drivel as Mausoleum and Hellhole. Hellhole's on my list too. And his career sank into oblivion. Though his work as an actor has grown faint with time, Marjo will at the very least be remembered as the man who blew the whistle on evangelism. Who knows? Knowing Marjo, there is still some time for a second coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that the next line is like, Marjo died. (laughs) No, he's alive. He's probably making money off of Trump. So there you go. (laughs) All right. We're looking into this. And here's the big thing. Before we dive into this movie, there was a text chat between the three of us. I don't think any of us know what the fuck is happening in most of this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the least expository film I think I've seen in a really long time. (laughs) Is this the one that Kyle said that he watched it when he was sick and he was like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, Well, he fell asleep for the first half and then woke up during the second half. And he's like, I can't speak of the first half, but the second half seemed like it was perfect for Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like most of my notes are just confusion. Like the, the first note that I have written down is I'm confused by this car explosion. What is happening in this movie? That's your first um your first night is all the way at the first at that car explosion yeah like 15 20 minutes into the movie because i was just like trying to wrap my head around what was going on <laughs> like this is don't, a don't even try movie i thought that this was a very i had no clue this was a possession movie i had i didn't know what i thought this movie was but it wasn't what what we watched but i had fun but my god <laughs> like yeah i mean i think that the whole point of it is that it's trying to be the exorcist and like Fulci, but yeah. it's just shitty. You know, it's yeah. not it's not a good film, and I didn't pick it because it's some sort of landmark of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? I, I want to talk about. I, I know we're going to be jumping ahead here, but I mean, there's really no linear plot to follow with this. Yeah, movie. Who anyway, gives a shit. Let's talk about the landscaper. Oh man, did you wrote, because, write down notes? I wrote down a couple notes. So like. There's a couple things that are weird here. First of all is just 
the whole seduction scene. Oh, um, and then like the, you know, the, the house starts reacting to the fact that Susan is clearly possessed with her glowing green eyes. <laughs> but what I love is he's like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, just get to work. And then it's like a minute and a half of just this random montage of, of what like is a game work? Of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, he is hilarious because this is his his uh, his montage. He sloppily eats a sandwich, and he's sitting on a rope swing. By the way, he takes a nap on the dock, and then he sharpens his axe. Yeah, he doesn't do it, any real work. It's so it's so weird, and like the music, like it's not even like. You know, you've got like an '80s track behind it, so it seems like it is the the soundtrack is mixed so low, so you hear every single sound <laughs> of him, like yeah, yeah, like momming on the sandwich, or like as he's trying to like cut things with his, and it's just like, what is this? Like, I was just like so thrown off by everything that was happening in this fucking movie. Oh man, it's great, oh, and it's then so they great. fuck. <laughs> Like, it's just like he finishes his work, they have sex, and then she does a really shitty, like, rake across the face. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so funny when he's like, I have men- I have had many women. They- Some of them have been pros. You, you do better. Come on now. <laughs> All right, let's go again. And I'm like, you fat fuck. There's no way that you could get it up a second time. Yeah. Well, he just rolled over and tried to let her. Do oh, yeah. He's work. like, come. Let's get back to it. And then I'm like, okay, well, no wonder you got stamina. You just lay there and grunt. Wow, I, now I know I what Brian's your, sex life is like. Uh, I love your I love your impression of him. <laughs> yeah, because it's, oh, my God. It's like kind of like Russian almost. Yeah. Like, Please, come. come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that any – creepy Russian dude is going to ask woman to come. He's not going to care anything about her pleasure. Did you come? It was a rhetorical question. <laughs> oh, man. Let's cut all that out. He goes, are you sleeping? And she goes, I never sleep. I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's creepy. He's not even phased by it. Not at all. She has so many. Her possessed lines, uh, she has a line where she's just like, God can't help you now. (laughs) I don't know why, but I, oh, oh, it's because, you know, when she's, she's possessed and she tells the, the gardener that she's like, let's go to the workshop shed or whatever and bang. He like grabs her ass and they're walking off screen. And I have a note that says Bobby Brezzi skipped, skipped leg day. Because her legs look like fucking toothpicks. I feel like if you wanted someone to understand the confusing nature of this entire movie, and and I will admit that like every once in a while I would look away at my phone. I was just like, eh. So I don't. That I, Yahtzee I think, though. Yeah, I think they were at a mall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a kill in a mall that is like you just need to watch that two minute scene, and that is what this movie feels like for a full like hour yeah yeah was that his spine um or did he fall through a he Christmas fell through tree? no it was it was like this weird modern piece of architecture or something I, yeah it's it's not a christmas tree the, but no it looked like something that uh, the wife in beetlejuice would design yes like it, thank I, you. I didn't know what it was well and it's like 
there's a whole bunch of stuff because it's he he drops and the drop takes forever. <laughs> then you have this spinning cam as he's spinning careening closer to everything. And then there's like a minute of just a shot of blood dropping on the camera with a weird sound effect of the blood like blip 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 blip. Like, <laughs> It's like, so what is happening? And that's the thing. Like, so full moon pictures, right? They are like, oh, we need to get a movie a certain length. So we'll just draw out the introduction and the credits. And like, that's the way to do it. And I feel like this movie just made every scene significantly longer than it <laughs> needed to be. Oh, one, well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't like that blood scene feels so out of place because I'm watching it. And I'm like, is this going to come up? Like is like is this supposed to be important? Am I supposed like is something going to happen? Nothing is blood? important in this movie. That's yeah, the whole point. It's it's nothing. basically why I mentioned it being Fulci esque because things happen for no reason. They are never brought up again. People act in very odd way, react in very odd ways, and it's just like this. Ah, uh, this is evil. Let's put it on film, kind of thing. But the the weirdest part about that um, mall scene that you're ignoring or maybe you haven't gotten to it yet, is what? Well, it's twofold. One, I never knew that becoming possessed by an ancient evil would make you a fucking klepto, but for whatever reason, she decides that it's worth murdering this guy over a shitty painting. And second of yeah. all, the entire mall food court sees this guy float and then fall to his death. I was thinking about that too. I was like, these movies, and I feel like, it's all the time with these like low budget shitty movies is like, I can't take my brain out of the reality of like, yeah, the police reports are going to have hundreds of eyewitnesses saying that a man was suspended in the air <laughs> for a little bit. So the demon gets removed from Susan at the end of the movie and she's walking away with her psychiatrist slash uncle, I guess. And, and like, it's supposed to just be like, well, everything's okay. But like her, her husband's dead. Her aunt is dead. Like there's someone is going to be held accountable for all these deaths. And there was really no one besides her uncle who's going to be like, oh, she was possessed. It's cool. Don't charge her. For <laughs> like, like, it's just so fucking weird. Everything is weird. And then, yeah, as Scott mentioned at the top, her boobs grow demon face. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty dang. That was super dang. They looked uh they they reminded me of uh do you remember the south park episode that is parroting uh better off dead yes that's exactly what it reminded oh me oh my of. god yeah where she she lifts up her her shirt <laughs> she's, she's got it's the... like how did you distract them i showed them these it's <laughs> <laughs> knowing them that is actually a mausoleum reference it has to be. I, I believe it I mean, they parodied Better Off Dead. Yeah. But let's let's talk about the ending because it really annoyed me. Because so the so he shows up and she's playing with a doll, and then he was like, "I'm going to put this crown on your head, the same crown that Jesus wore," and he put it on her head. And then I was like, "Okay, so there's going to be a big fight scene because there's no way that they're going to do a three minute morph scene that just shows the demon expect like leaving her body." Well, they did a three-minute morph scene where the demon just <laughs> expels from her body. And that is virtually, like, the end of the movie, I think the reason I got so mad is because Jade had gotten out of the shower. I needed to finish it because I had to wake up early to watch another movie. 
And I was like, I can't fast forward because something is going to happen. Nope. And there was a 15 minute ending <laughs> that was just drawn out. <laughs> Everything was just so drawn out. So I remember one of the things with Kyle was that he fell asleep and he's like, she has this psychiatrist. And then all of a sudden she calls him uncle. And I don't know if that was established earlier in the movie, but it blew my mind when it happened. <laughs> so like the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, where do they establish that he's her uncle? And maybe I missed it, but I don't think they do until she says, hello, uncle, towards the end of the movie. <laughs> I feel like this movie was like the movie that they were making in Return to Horror High, where it's like each new day they're getting new pages and nothing matters. I, that or it's like I've, I like to believe, honestly, more than anything, I like to believe that they shot this movie out of sequence like you do on most movie sets. And then the money dried up and they were like, well... <laughs> We're just going to have to cut together what we got and see if we can get it to 90. Well, I I don't think that that's a a terrible assumption, but here's a little bit more information. On the DVD commentary, Bobby Brezzi revealed the producers set up bleachers for crew members to watch the filming of her sex scenes. So first of all, that was the the responsibility of the uh, the, the production companies. Uh, the, their goal was just to see some some boobies. And second yeah. of all, it was produced by the quote unquote yuppie don Michael Franzisi, former capo capo whatever of the Colombo crime family. It was allegedly a form of money laundering. Whether it was a passion for film or simply a business venture is unknown. And like, here's the thing listeners i'm sure you already know this but just to be sure on most film sets when you're filming a set scene <laughs> it's, it's called a closed set yeah it's it's the actors the director and the director of photography and maybe one lighting guy it's the it's the smallest setup you could possibly do bleachers are not usually part of that setup so. come let's go again <laughs> <laughs> the sex scenes aren't sexy there's nothing sexy about this movie there's nothing really good about this movie, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to listen to the commentary track because I bought the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray oh, a while ago oh. for this. Wait, but wait, you bought it because we were going to do this episode? You had been talking about doing it for a while, and it was one of those, like, when I see them at conventions, it's usually like, buy three, get the fourth one free type mm. thing. So I was like, ah, fuck it, we're going to do a mausoleum one of these days. So it's been sitting on my shelf to watch for, like, at least six months waiting for you to make the pick. And yeah, I'll probably listen to the commentary track and then never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost feel bad. I almost feel bad that you bought this, but it was you, it's and not necessarily free because it's still like you're getting a deal, but you're not getting, you know, uh, uh, there's just something to be said about your your addiction. It's not the worst thing that's on my shelf. <laughs> it's not a deal. So don't convince yourself you got a deal. That's like going to a restaurant. It's like, oh, you got this. So you're going to get a moldy cucumber. And you're like, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting this. It's not a deal. You still lost. Hey, man, I got a moldy cucumber. And what did you get? Not, not food poison. <laughs> uh, I will take one food poison, please. <laughs> You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? 
Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. All right. So what is your guys' double features with the bizarre mausoleum? Scott, your pick. You go first. Phantasm. Okay. I, I think it's fair. It's the, it's the only thing that came to mind, and I feel like I need a palate cleanser. You know? Like, I don't love the original Phantasm. As both of you guys and probably everybody that's ever listened to this show knows, I fucking love Phantasm 2. But... I would pair it with the first Phantasm because the first Phantasm has a bunch of shit happen that makes no sense. And also a really sweet song where two two guys just chill on the porch with some guitars for a minute and a half to fill time. And there's nudity that makes no sense in that one too. So it really yep. it's just a better it's a better mausoleum. It's it's mausoleum but with better production value and a little bit more competency. Thanks Don yep. Coscarelli. <laughs> All right, Brian, how about you? What's your double feature for this bad boy? Uh, I mean, Demon Wind. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you fucking hate Demon Wind. I love Demon Wind. I I didn't like this movie much either. But yeah, but you're, <laughs> aren't, aren't you trying to like salvage your night? Yeah, no, no, Ryan's no, gonna be kicking just... himself when I say what my double feature is. Then. <laughs> uh, what is it? Because the demon reminded me of some of the monsters in Black Roses, so I was like, man, I'm gonna Ooh. watch Black Roses after this. Oh, that would be a good cleanse. <laughs> the the that other cleanse. the other one that I had written down was uh, there's nothing out there because green eyes. Oh, <laughs> man, you could do like a triple feature and that would be pretty solid, I think. But you got to start with Mausoleum because no one's sticking around for Mausoleum. You got to well, get it out early and then reward that with Black Roses and there's nothing out there. I don't I don't know, man. Remember when we were talking about um, Bloody Murder 2? You you were the guest host for that um, horror marathon and they started with Bloody Murder yeah, but then they yeah. followed it with Sleepaway Camp. So it was like you sit through Bloody Murder, but like for your pain, you get to enjoy Sleepaway Camp. But most people don't have that kind of wherewithal. Like, fuck me. I wouldn't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but none of us are the people who would do like an all-night movie marathon. I certainly couldn't. Like sitting in a movie theater for 12 hours? No, dude. I can't. But, I can barely sit in a movie theater for two. That's true. <laughs> I know. I pay so much when I have to watch a two-hour movie or longer because I go to IPIC because I need comfort and food to do that. And, you know, <laughs> bathroom breaks. I hold in my pee and it's painful. That was like the one thing I didn't like about Midsummer is I was very painful holding in pee, but I couldn't complain because I had just sharded minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep, I was there. I witnessed it. So speaking of sharding in a movie theater, what's something you guys saw you want to give a, uh, hey, check it out to? Oh, my God. I, I, well, I don't even know what to say because I'm still processing Brian sharding in Midsummer. Well, while you think about Brian sharding in Midsummer, I'll knock this out real quick. I, over my winter break, saw a really, really good movie in a train wreck. So I saw uh, Uncut Gems, which is just a two-hour panic attack. Scott, you'd hate it. Brian, you'd love it. And... <laughs> Then I uh, need it to witness Cats. And Cats is, I mean, it is most certainly a film that someone took like a camera and filmed things and, and put it in a movie theater is what I can <laughs> say about Cats. It's a Basically, movie. So like, here's the thing with Cats. There's a certain point in the movie where you're like, okay, I think I've gotten past how creepy these cats with human faces are. And it's right around that point that they introduce mice and cockroaches with human faces. And what? that's when I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. I just want Jennifer Hudson to sing Memory so I can go home. So like, <laughs> Is Memories the last it? song? Yeah, it's the last oh, song. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like, so here's the thing. Cats 
actually like if you're thinking of it from a music standpoint, the soundtrack, there's a couple like people who can't sing. But for the most part, the music is is good because, you know, it's Weber. But like the original concept for the movie all the way up until the director who got hired was Steven Spielberg producing like a 2D hand-drawn animated film. And then this director was like, no, we got to do motion capture humans with like cats with human faces. And if it had been a hand-drawn animation with this music, I think it would have been a much better movie because it's terrifying otherwise. I never understand Hollywood. I think it's like, hey, we're spending all this money. We're seeing them faces. <laughs> <laughs> this is this episode is just us like talking about the the uh, the weird Italians. It's like the crime <laughs> boss that did Mausoleum, Fulci, Matt Kelly is an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's my my what did I see. Obviously, I recommend Uncut Gems to most people as long as they can handle like two hours of a very stressful situation yep not not for me sorry (laughs) i want i want to talk about two things one i made the mistake of finally going through my amazon prime queue and watching some shit that's been on it for a long time well not watching but um just kind of dipping my toes into um astro six astron sixes stuff you know what Astron uh, 6 is? Yeah, like um, Manborg. Manborg. Yeah, I started watching Manborg, and I was like, oh, this isn't from the 80s. What the fuck? And I was, I, I maybe got 15 minutes in, and it was just so dumb. And then yeah. I read up on uh, who they were, and Father's Day sounded funny. And I was like, oh, okay, so th- this is going to be like uh, – I, I was picturing something kind of like Call Girl of Cthulhu. And, you know, our boy Chris LaMartina is, is fantastic. He's got a sense of humor. Um, the guys at Astron 6 don't. They just <laughs> somehow get funding to do these movies. And um, it, it's it was so bad. I forced my way through maybe six scenes just to kind of, you know, like fast forwarding and, you know, dicking around. And I just don't understand. Like the there's poverty in the world and there's injustice and strife. And then there's these fucking people that are getting paid to make these movies. Like, remember how bad Velocipaster was? These are worse. Mm-hmm. The good news is that Megan and I finally watched Hail Satan, the documentary that Brian was talking mm. about last year. It was so good. It was just so, it was so wonderful. I, it, I highly recommend any listener that hasn't to uh, check it out because it is, it, it, Megan has talked about Satanists like Levian Satanism, um, not Crowley Satanism, because Crowley Satanism is ridiculous. But Levian Satanism is just basically atheism with a theater gr- degree, which is what Megan says. And when you watch that, you really get that sense of okay, it, it truly is because they're just political activists that use the idea of the devil as a as a mirror back on like a Christ, Christian religion, yeah, in <laughs> politics. So. You know, this is, I want to make a meme that's like, you know, watches Hail Satan once and then it's, uh, then shows me like joining the temple of, uh, Satanic temple because that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Oh man, I love that documentary. Um, So I I didn't watch anything new this week, but I had two rewatches. 
I rewatched the remake of Halloween to see how it would help hold up. Wait, which I one? That the newest one. Oh, okay. Um, because I wanted to see if I loved it uh, or if it was just like, oh wow, they they remade Halloween. I get to see it in theaters. Um, I think the first two acts hold up incredible um, as a great, great Halloween. And they lost me at the third act. Yeah. Uh, seeing it a second time, it got a little goofy. And then I rewatched um, Empire Strikes Back. Huh. Great oh, movie. He's got a controversial. No, I, I, I have to say it, man. I have to say it. Now, I grew up on the, the I grew up during the era of episode one, two and three. And it is no secret that Jar Jar Binks is one of the most hated characters in Star Wars because he's so obnoxious. Chewbacca is the single-handed most obnoxious character in Star Wars. Every time he's on, it's just unnecessary groans and moans. He annoyed me the entire time. Other than that, I think it's a delightful film. That's my hot take for today. I'm pretty upset with you right now. I was going to say. Hear that he's silence? just annoying. He's just annoying. And 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 what I did enjoy is like uh, <laughs> like Yoda is like the the drunk in the street that you know used to be a cop but retired. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was Mausoleum, nineteen eighty three, as picked by Scott. And you know what, guys? I got a little spoiler alert for you. This movie brought me down. But you know what's going to pick me up? Singing. A whole lot of singing. A whole lot of dancing. What do you say we make a whole month dedicated to musicals? Who's with me? I am. All right. So February is going to be all musicals. And I'm going to give the fans a spoiler because I know you hate to wait. We are just reviewing Sound of Music every week for the month of <laughs> yeah, just February. Get ready so, for us to sing like Julie Andrews for four whole episodes. I will say that um, at, at least half of the musicals that we're doing will be questionable how they fall into horror movie night, but there's not, not really. a whole lot of good horror musicals out there that are readily available. What um, good is sitting alone in your room? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> You're not even British. <laughs> All right, so tune in next week when we're going to do a horror musical sequel. Ooh. Uh, and we will be back. Peace. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 